When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are tuned in to Americana Music Profiles. Thanks for joining us for the second season. Brought to you exclusively by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine. Man, it's people like you that, that makes it possible for us to get out here and enjoy this life. Thank you for getting in touch with me. I'm so glad you love what we do. Thank you for your help with everything, Greg. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing you've got going there. I'm your host and publisher, Greg Tutwiler. Now let's get to this week's show. Les Boheem says he was part of the great Los Angeles music scare. Well, that sure made me curious. So I sat down with Les to talk to him about that, being a musician in the Los Angeles area, and what he's up to today. He is my guest on the next edition of Americana Music Profiles. So hi, Les. Welcome to the uh, podcast this afternoon. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, my pleasure. So you, you've been at this uh, entertainment thing for quite a long time. Yeah, that makes me old. Yes, I am. <laughs> I wasn't fishing for old. I was. I was interested in your experience. You've done a lot of different things. <laughs> I have. I've sort of. I've, I've. I've bumped from one to the other. I. Uh, I started out playing in bands. I. I fell into screenwriting because a friend of mine uh, recommended me for a job writing about bands, and um, I just keep bouncing around. I think because I never had a career goal, I've been been lucky that way. Okay, <laughs> that's the first time that I've heard that that's a good thing. So I'm encouraged by that statement. <laughs> um, in some of the uh, press material, I, I there was a a statement here that I'm curious about. Uh, you said I was part of the great Los Angeles music scare of the early 1980s. What does that mean? Well, you know, I, I, and this has all changed. With, with, I think more than anything, Uber. But Los Angeles always had trouble uh, maintaining a live music scene. My theory being basically that you couldn't be drunk and get home uh, as easily as you okay. could in, in, you know, in New York. You just put your hand up in the air and you're home. Right. Um, so we've only had a couple of pockets where where live music really meant something here, and, and that late '70s, early '80s. 
punk slash new wave moment was was, was kind of a, a you know a, a, a heyday for that. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I grew up here and came came more or less of age in that period. So um, I was part of the the great Los Angeles music scare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, we reemerge every few years. And now, you know, I think from, from the nineties on, we, we were just a place where people go out and play. But uh, before that, it, it really, there were, there, there were just these, there was the one little sixties pocket when I was a kid. And um, then there was the seventies, eighties pocket when I was a young man. And, and then it, it, it just sort of, it, it, it never quite, you know, sticks. Uh, and you got to enjoy a bit of, uh, I guess we'll use the word commercial success uh, during that season as well, right? With with some of the music you were playing? I, I, I did. I mean, it was an unusual um, little little taste. I, I I was in a band called Bates Motel, and we, we played every club imaginable. Uh-huh. And we couldn't get signed, but we wound up... Um, hired by the Mayo brothers to be their backup band. So the three of us wound up being in Sparks for the early Uh eighties. And we also had our own band at that point called Queen These Fires. And we had a song called, are you ready for the sex girls? Which bizarrely was a hit in Los Angeles while we were in Munich recording with Sparks. So, So my partner David and I were literally out of town for our 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> and <laughs> that, like, you know, that, people, would, people would call us and hold up the phone and go, listen, you're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that particular song had a, a, a brief moment in Revenge of the Nerds, right? It was in Revenge of the Nerds. It was in another fine film of the early 80s called The Last American Virgin. <laughs> um it, you know, it, it shows up, um, you know, here and there still. Uh, I keep waiting for, you know, the, the hair band cover version of it. It's going to allow me to retire. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think I may have missed that moment. <laughs> so how did you go from being a uh, rock, punk punk rock musician to um, to being a, a screenwriter? You you got to work with uh, Spielberg, I think, too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did, I did a, a show with... Spielberg, I guess, 15 years ago or so. Um, I it, it started, as I said, I, w- I was playing in bands, and there was a guy who had been the drummer in my band in college who was now producing movies. And he, he was producing for Mel Brooks. He produced mm-hmm. The Elephant Man and the, and the Fly. And he, I was on tour with Sparks in France, and... I had just shaved my head for a Gleaming Spires video, which, which is important to the visual of the story. So uh, my friend Stuart called me and said, there's this company that's got a deal with the land company to make a movie about, or with Atlantic Records to make a, a movie about rock and roll. And I told them that they should speak to you because you're in a band and you, you speak in complete sentences. <laughs> and... So they flew me back from Paris and they told me their idea and I told them that it sucked and they hired me on the spot because 
it, it's something I, I've, I've never been able to recreate in my life again is high yeah. school dating. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but but I was just, you know, I, I was, there were probably drugs involved, but I was tired and I thought I was a rock star. So, you know, I was being right. naughty. And, right. uh, <laughs> and, and it worked out really well. <laughs> um, so then, you know, oddly, because like, like, also I, I had a real attitude going because I had tried to get demos to Atlantic Records probably for five years. And, right. Know, okay. I came back on open. Um, and they wound up actually, Atlantic wound up signing Sparks. And the script got, I got, I got paid, you know, Writers Guild scale for the script, which was way more than I was making playing in the band. Uh-huh. And, um, and the movie never got made. And <laughs> for the next couple of years, I did both. And, right. you know, I kept getting hired to write scripts about rock and roll that wouldn't get made. And then <laughs> at some point I got a job writing a horror movie because that was the only other job they would give ex rock and roll guys. <laughs> And that was that was Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five, right. and um, and then I sort of looked up and and I was writing more than I was playing, and then here I am. <laughs> and, and and I'm I'm making a presumption, but you've been writing songs all along, right? During during this these seasons of yeah, your life, I had a yeah, I I you know I I had a a, a bitter cranky. Music didn't treat me well. Period. Where I, did, you know, I kind of put my guitars away uh-huh. and, and couldn't listen to much. And then, you know, a few years after that, I heard something I liked, and then I was making okay money, so I bought a better guitar. And then I thought, you know, before I die, I would like to be able to finger pick better than I do. Huh. Maybe if I if I could play if I could play a half-assed version of one Mississippi John Hurt song, I. You know, I, 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 I'd be happy. And, and, and I owe it to the money I spent on this guitar. To right, try. right. And then, you know, I, I, I never got good enough to do that, but I started, like, I got better, and then something made me write a song, and then I wrote another one, and then I was like, oh, hold it, I kind of like these songs. And, you know, a lot of my friends are still playing, and uh, my, my friend Marvin Etzioni, who produced my more recent album, you know, I just kind of went over to his house one day and went, are these songs any good? And, and he was like, yeah, we should record these. Yeah. So we did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's extremely, I mean, I'm in a very fortunate position that I can, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's my hobby. It's actually what I love doing, but yeah. I could do it without it, you know, it sort of being, Murked up by all my dreams of being famous or, right. you know, or being a being a beetle or whatever I want to be, depending on the week, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm about. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm about to start another one. Yeah. Well, al- along the way, you've you've had some other artists record your music: Emmy Lou Harris, Randy Travis, Freddie Fender. Yeah. Is that um, so? In your writing, did you write for those folks, or was it just serendipity that? that they ended up recording you know, some music. It, I mean, it was different every time. I mean, the, the Freddie Fender cut, um, friend, I would that song with a friend of mine. We, we, we sent it to, this was like 1970 something. We, you know, we sent a cassette to a producer and mm-hmm. the guy was cleaning out his Huey Moe and he was cleaning out his desk two years later and he saw the title and went, Oh, that's a good title. And put the tape on <laughs> it. We wound up getting that. Um, Randy Travis and I had mutual friends, and so we wound up writing together. Okay. And, and with, with Emmy, I, I knew her 
vaguely through some other people and it was when I was doing the show for Steven Spielberg and I had this song I'd written and I was just like, you know, would, would you want to do this? She said, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it was different in every case. And so the, um, the the moving through the different phases of the entertainment uh, industry, and you find yourself now—I I guess the term would be singer-songwriter. Is is this just where you happen to be now, or or is this where you feel like you you want to settle in and and spend some time at? Well, I, I, as much time as anybody will let me. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I've got a kid in college. I've still got to work. Right. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, uh, with loftier pursuits, there are you know stories I want to tell that are longer than three minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I'm middle of a novel, but okay. You know, I I I, I mean, I love doing it. It's, it, it, I, I, it. The, the fact is that for all that I've done, I mean, I consider myself a musician, not a right. Writer, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm more I'm more comfortable in that world than I am in Hollywood. I mean, just I just it, I just like it better. So. Um, it feels, I don't know, it just feels more honest. And, and it's what, you know, I, I, that's what I grew up with. So I, as long as anyone will have me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And did I understand correctly that this is your first solo record, the one that's that's out? Yeah. And, yeah. and that is yeah. moved to Durante. Do I have that right? Duarte. Duarte, okay. Duarte. Uh, and, and so this is, after all of this career, this is your first solo record. How did that come to be? Um. Who is going to form a band with me? <laughs> uh, I, I just have these songs that, I, you know, I, I really wanted to, to, to get them into the world somehow. And, and so I just started putting them out. And it was like, oh, it's, look, it's a double album. Um, you know, I figure if you're putting out your, your first album in your 60s, you're, you're allowed a double album. Right. <laughs> so you put I, your first and second really, out at the same time. <laughs> right. I mean, if somebody really wanted to, they could slice the, you know, they could buy the CD, they could slice it down the middle, and they could listen to one one year and one the next. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell me a little bit about the about the record. Are the stuff that you've acquired over the years of your own music, or, or did you write specifically well, no, for this? It, 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 they're all from the last couple of years. I mean, uh, and I think the the songs fall into two categories. There are these brutally honest ones. I, I, they're all miserable. I don't like to start by saying that. I, I don't, I, 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 there might be a ray of hope somewhere, but I, I don't write any songs. And, um, but so half of them are, you know, sort of songs that are just confessional or, uh-huh. or hopefully relatable in their confessional yes um the other half i i i was literally walking down a street in pasadena which is in the san gabriel valley near where i live and there was a sign in the window of an abandoned business that said move to duarte and duarte is just a sort of nondescript bedroom community in the san gabriel valley okay but the the, the sign was sad and, and it made me write a song and then I just started writing all these story songs about that part of California and I sort of you know something that, that back in the great Los Angeles music scare we have a habit in Los Angeles with the I mean there, there are big exceptions to this like Dave Alvin who, 
who claim California. Uh-huh. But singer-songwriters have a habit of thinking, oh, those Texans, their lives are so much richer and more important than ours. Uh, I think I'll I'll try and write those songs, or I'll uh-huh. try and write Nashville's. You know, and you know, or 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 it's Bruce, and it's all about New Jersey. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, like it, it, it's like it's it, it's so rarely about where we live. Huh. Okay. And and I just I sort of found this spot where it was like, oh, I I, I don't have to try and write a, a song about something I really know very little about. You know, like right. Truck stops in Oklahoma. You know, it's like <laughs> like I. I love talking about Chuck Todd's in Oklahoma, but there's no reason for me to write one. <laughs> um, so it, it, I, so they, they sort of fell into these two camps. And then at, as I got more and more into it, I would just drive around the San Gabriel Valley and go, oh, um, uh, Alhambra. I should, I should have a talk about Alhambra, too. So I mean, you know, I, I realized people not from this part of the country probably will listen to this record and go, where the that? What? What? <laughs> um, hopefully it's relatable anyway. Right, um, right. And in fact, I can't stop. I've got three more that are, you know, the cities I missed in the San Diego Valley. I guess we'll have to be an EP. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what? what's the... Um... When you play this music out, what what does that look like for you? Where where do you where do you find yourself playing? Do you have a a particular methodology of of what a, a tour schedule looks like, or have you approached it from oh, that no, angle I, yet? I mean, I, I don't. I I've been out of that world for so long. I don't have a clue how to do that. You know, if if, if anybody listening who wants to book me, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I wind up, you know, I, I, I have a friend with a guitar shop who has shows. Uh, I did, I, I published a, a novella um, called Flight 505 about two years ago. And uh-huh. I did a bunch of, I, I did a bunch of bookstore readings for it. And so when they would ask me to read, I would go, and the, the book's about rock and roll. So I was like, do you mind if I play it too? And so okay. out of that, you know, there's this sort of like little circuit of, of, of readings, bookstores, stuff like that that I do. And I usually play either by myself or with my friend Marvin, who produced the album, who plays everything and is brilliant. And often with David Kendrick, who was the drummer in Gleaming Spires. Uh-huh. So this has been out so, yeah. for you how long? How, when did you release this? Um, I think it's almost seven, eight months ago now. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, that, 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 released is such a vague term now, right? Right, <laughs> like, true, true. Um, you know, it sort, of, it sort of started creeping out into the world, I guess. Would be right, idea. okay. <laughs> and did I understand you correctly to say that you're already kind of working on another one? Is that... Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I've got all the songs that I've started. I, I've demoed all the songs and, and more. And imagine I'm going in Friday to put some more vocals on something to okay. see if it's better than... If it's more than a demo and then... Um, I'm sorry, I, 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 I'm toying with, with several different ways of doing it. I have friends around the country, and one idea I had was just to show up at various people's houses and do four songs each at, you know, yeah. Kansas City, New York, and and I don't know where else, Nashville. But mm-hmm. um, but on the other hand, I kind of love the way I was, did the last one. Of, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out soon. <laughs> So if if folks want to want to get the 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 double CD, uh, they want to they want to book yeah. you, they want to follow you, want to want to check in with you, want to want to figure out how to get in touch. What's the best way for them to do that? Well, the 
the, the music's out in every single one of the usual places. Right. You know, and any anywhere you get your music, you will find it. Move to Duarte and my name, Les Boheme. Um, my website, Les Boheme's Wonderful World of Les Boheme dot <laughs> <laughs> um, It's it's got links to a bunch of my short stories and some other music. And that's B O H E M H E M. Uh, I never ever use my Facebook because it's everything I hate about the modern world. <laughs> like it, it just it 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 weirds me out every yeah. time I or or you know or somebody I really don't ever want to see again that I knew when I was twenty shows <laughs> off. <laughs> um, I'm I'm waiting for the, the adult child I didn't know I had to get done. Right. <laughs> um, I, Instagram's moved to Duarte. Twitter's news from Duarte. Facebook's just my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I appreciate it, Les. This has been fun, and uh, I, I enjoyed uh, the the history lesson there. Those are some neat things too, and I'm sure the <laughs> listeners will will appreciate it too. I I, I uh, was a a student in college in the '80s, and so I I recognize the movies and the music that you mentioned, and so it's it's always fun to to connect oh, into go. that world a little bit. So I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.